Welcome to the Friday Night Life Podcast with your hosts and veteran high school football coaching couple, Chris and Kareen Stevens. Whether you're in your first year or 50th year of coaching, you are in for a positive and uplifting experience. It's time to huddle up and get an all-access pass to the lives of coaches, their spouses, and their crazy Friday night lives. And now let's kick it off with your hosts, Chris and Kareen Stevens. Greetings, everyone, and happy 2021, all you Friday night lifers. Thanks for listening in. We have a special guest tonight, Jose Coco Harin, founder and CEO of Take a Knee Organization. And we're glad Jose came on to talk to us all things family, culture, football, and what it means to have tech time all the time. So listen in. And after the episode's over, please go to our podcast and subscribe to it. Leave us a review. We'd love to hear what you think. We appreciate you coming alongside of us as our listeners. So enjoy the show. Let's have some fun. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Friday Night Life podcast. We thank you for joining us again. Got a very special guest. And uh, I want to introduce you to Jose Coco Harin. Um, Coach, our relationship started, we met at, uh, at a camp we were doing uh, with PTP and, and came out and, and, uh, and we, that started just recently, not too long ago here. You were, yes. you were uh, working with Primetime Polynesian, Coach Penn and the boys over there and uh, was blessed to have you guys at our field and you were over there at Chino Hills High School doing some stuff and, um, and just got together and just realized, man, a wealth of knowledge. Uh, and, and not to, not to uh, take away from your resume, Coach, but you've probably forgotten more football than a lot of coaches know right now. So <laughs> anyway, Coach, welcome. Thank you for being here, and, yes. and thank oh. you for being mm-hmm. on our podcast. Well, thank, thank you, you guys for mm-hmm. just having, yeah. having myself and you know, taking E here. It's yeah. pretty awesome. Yes, sir. And we'll talk about taking E Coach. It's an awesome platform for coaches, and we're going to get into that uh, big time. But um, just to, as, a, as a quick introduction, uh, Coach, you started coaching uh, in 1980, right? Pop Warner level. Pop Warner level. Let's yep. go. Working with the young kids and, and uh, grooming them and getting them ready. And, and that led you to obviously going on into high school, and you had some great, great seasons, not only at the Pop Warner level, not at the youth level, but also in, in high school as well. Um, but the one thing that, that struck me, Coach, and, and I, I, I'm probably jumping ahead there, but I want to definitely talk about your coaching tree. Um, it was wonderful to hear that you had uh, 71, I guess, current coaches right now that had played for you or coached underneath you at some point. And, uh, man, that's that that's incredible. That's that's a great – I think you have a better tree than Bill Belichick right oh, now. Come on, come on, man. <laughs> no, we're just having some fun. Yeah, his tree has a lot of leaves, <laughs> a lot of leaves on it. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but, Coach, you, uh, you had the honor of having three teams – at three different levels to state titles, uh, with the latter being at Mount Sac in 1997, uh, where you won a national title with them. Um, and, uh, you, and you've had, obviously, you know, to, to get to that point, you, you're, you've been surrounded with great coaches, great players. You give a lot of credit to the men that you have coached with and coached under uh, along your journey. But, um, and, and, and we'll get back to, uh, again, a lot of your bio and the, and the guys that you have coached with uh, that hold you in the highest as well. Um, but the one thing that struck me as a coach, uh, is, is kind of like the take a knee platform. I know, and I don't want to jump too far ahead of this thing, but you're, you want to give back. Like now it's your time to give back to coaches. You've gotten so much out of the sport. Um, and you're such a wealth of knowledge, um, that giving back, uh, to the coaching community. And that's where I got 
really connected with you, boss. I, I love the way you just brought me in and you immediately put me to work. You know, you just, you were starting to teach me, you started to coach me up, um, your positivity and everything that you are about, uh, coach, it just, it just comes out of you. Um, and so we'll get to that. I want to get to take a knee for sure. And we'll have a chance to talk, but I want to, I want to ask you about your nickname. I want you, I want to ask you about Coco, kind of where it came from, where it started. <laughs> okay. Tell us a little bit about your heritage. Well, um, I'm Filipino Mexican. My mom's Mexican. My dad's Filipino and via the Navy, you know, he moves over here back in the day and he hooks up with my mom, who's one of 18 kids, yeah. which is pretty crazy. And I, and I'm one of 107 first cousins, it's just, just from my mom's, um, brothers and sisters. Whoa. So, uh, one day, I guess, um, my godmother's holding me. I'm a little kid months old. And my grandmother says, my godmother's nickname is chocolate. Okay. So my grandmother says, Oh, there's chocolate and cocoa. And ever since then, I thought I, you know, I was Coco. So when I realized that my name was Jose, it was when we, li- went, when we lived in Hawaii in my first day of kindergarten. I go home, they said, how do you like school? I love it. They gave me a new name. I'm called Jose. And, 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 uh, my mom's like, Pendejo. You know, that's a, that's a, funny, a funny thing in Spanish. Yeah. So she goes, yeah. Pendejo, that is your name. Like, okay. You know, so Kidding, that, so about how, five years old, I realized, oh, my name is not Coco. It's yeah. Well, I did learn something it's in school Jose. then. That's but I thought the school was all right because you know, they gave me a new name. Yes, sir. So um, that's how I got my name. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. A rich, rich uh, heritage of, um, of, uh, of Latin American in you. Uh, take us back a little bit, Coach. You actually, it was your grandmother, I think, that uh, introduced or had, was, was part of that let, uh, the, the Latino uh, civil rights movement with Julio yeah, Cesar Chavez, right? Oh, your yeah, mother. I'm mother, sorry. Yes. Yeah, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I, I, I grew up with a mom. She was an activist, you know. Hell of a woman, yeah. um, activist, and one of the things that we got involved with a gentleman named Herman Baca. As a matter of fact, when I wrote my senior thesis, I wrote it on him mm. and, and a Chicano movement. He's known as a lieutenant and um, a soldier, one of the generals of the movement back in San Diego. Mm. So during the course of that time, when Cesar Chavez came in, you know, the the, the, the Mexican American Political Association back then, led by uh, Herman Baca, was kind of the force. Of the of the people that helped march and, mm. and and do that stuff. So growing up, you know, I was that one that in the fourth grade was the one that told them that you know Christopher Columbus didn't discover America. <laughs> the Indians discovered he was lost. And, you know, and so that's kind of been the mindset. I'm not a, a guy that believes in a melting pot. I believe in a toss green salad mm-hmm. where you can identify everything that's in the bowl, mm-hmm. and that culture is still rich and you know it's still living and still striving. So. I, I look at it as once we're on this planet, we're on this planet completely uniquely, and that's how we were oh, made. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. You know, so if we're made in that fashion, let's live in that fashion and embrace everybody in that fashion. Mm-hmm. So that's the way we do it. Mm-hmm. And and that was all all because I had a mom that just just told us the truth on the, the way everything was. Mm-hmm. You know, she never sugarcoated nothing. Mm-hmm. And we had to work hard to do what we had to do, and mm-hmm. that's where we're at right now. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Um, we were going to have Robin here, your lovely wife of uh, 35 years. Coach, you just had your anniversary back on June 8th. Um, and so t- tell us a little bit about your family. Introduce us to Robin yes. uh, and your kids and your, and your grandkids. You know, um, Robin and I have been together for 40 years. Um, we kind of did a little, little different. We had our, our oldest son first. Mm-hmm. You know, we kind of dated a little bit, courted her a little bit, had our oldest son first. And, and it was kind of scary because... Um, I was young, right out of JC football. Got uh, you know work a little bit, 
and then I got her pregnant, mm-hmm. and we were together, and I left fishing. So when my oldest son was born, he was two and a half months old when I first saw him. Mm-hmm. I was on the ocean fishing. Mm-hmm. So I was home for about three weeks, and one of the important things was to make sure that he got baptized, because I knew I was going back out. Mm-hmm. And in case anything happened to me, I just wanted to make sure that he was baptized. Mm-hmm. So This was your career at the time? You were a longshore? I, I, no, I was a commercial fisherman. Commercial fisherman, yeah, okay. Yeah, going out in the ocean, uh, 2,500 miles or so. One time we was out 117 wow. days. Okay. You know, and then when the industry stopped, I decided just to stay home and coach, work a little bit. Mm-hmm. So that's what I did. I kind of abandoned a woman. <laughs> have, a, have a baby and stuff and yeah. then, then recognize that you know that 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 gem is a gem yes, and um she's really a she's really the staple of our family you know she's got her um highest education that you can get she's from a you know not the best of families so you can tell that now you know i i like to say that the word chicano or chicano people to look at it as a it's a detrimental but I, when you really bear down and recognize why it is you know chicano is who i am mm-hmm. self-determination i i determine who i'm going to be mm-hmm. you know so people want to look at a negative phase of a chicano you got to look at a negative phase of any color because they have that choice mm-hmm. she chose not to be like her whole family and, and got her masters and went to usd and you know just did everything that she had to do so she's an incredible incredible woman mm-hmm. wonderful you know and um wonderful she works for wells fargo she's a awesome grandmother my oldest son is, um, he's, a, he's a really good guy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? A really good guy. Got, got a nice, steady, eddy job. Got a beautiful girlfriend and, and Alma. My youngest son is, is Jonathan. Is mm-hmm. Our daughter-in-law is Jackie. And mm-hmm. our grandkids are Jade Soigne, who was born on Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. Her mm-hmm. middle name is French. Is, means on point. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> what's cool is she just started kindergarten. So watching her in the Zoom classes, she don't know no better, right? No nothing. That's that is school. How did I school? Oh, Papa, it was so awesome. I got I got friends over there, and I got a friend over there. Aww. And she's pointing at where they're at on the, yeah, on the screen. <laughs> so I'm like, wow, I get it. They're right there, right? So she don't know no, no other. Awesome. Yeah. So that there's no transition right now. It's just a step in and and, and get the rhythm going. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, we got our, our grandson is Jonathan Albert. We call him mm-hmm. Junior. Mm-hmm. All boy. I Let's mean, go. It's, it's awesome to have an all boy. Yes, sir. You know, we don't have no lamps. He broke them all with the bat. So, <laughs> but I'm like, I yell on him, but I'm like, oh, that swing was perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so, then, then the little one, Jules Soleil, you know, mm-hmm. she just steals everybody's heart. Mm-hmm. And I think the best thing that kind of happened for us to, to round it about in all these years was, was COVID 19 because we were, we were, we were, um, forced to have to go stay at another house because of something that happened to our home. It got mm-hmm. flooded. Mm-hmm. So for 71 days, we invited the whole family. We we're under one roof. Mm-hmm. So when I thought my kids were kind of being mean parents, I recognized that they're just being very good parents. Mm-hmm. So I got to really sit down and, and really embrace everybody and recognize, wow, those two young kids are incredible. Here they are, chefs and everything, and they're able to maintain two kids. She was pregnant at the time, and mm-hmm. you know they, they had it handled. And being able to see my oldest son, you know, in, in his, you know, realm of his gig and, yeah, and not yeah. not looking at his him and when he come to my house and want to judge him one way or another, either of them, just mm-hmm. look at him and go, let life unfold and just embrace it because that's that's your family. Yes, mm-hmm. And we got to really do that. 
And then we recognize that our grandkids have zero table manners <laughs> because they don't need us families no more, right? right. But yeah. what the COVID did is brought us right back. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. You know, yes, sir. And, and really learn to be patient because I was the one that had a, you know, I figured if I'm the oldest, I'm the one that's going to go to Costco early in the morning. If anyone's going to get sick, it's going to be me. Okay. You know, so, so we, we really put a lot of things in perspective. So, uh, you know, the little guy was a year and a half. We got him potty trained in no time because oh, everybody go. was watching. Working him, yeah, working. So we did everything together, <laughs> which was crazy, though, now is everybody's back at their place, but we eat dinner four or five times because oh, when you got, you know, they're still off of work. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Of the, Absolutely. So nothing wrong with having a chef cook you some dinner. No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, and some pretty... High quality chefs, from yeah. what you've told us. Exactly. I think we need to head over to the Hudson's right. house. And so, uh, so yes. when, when you look at when you look at family, you know, um, they're 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 all supportive in what I do. They, both of my boys, they've been to every game that I've coached. They write down every play. They don't even have to be there. They just know my calls, and it's it's crazy when you go through it. They don't miss a beat. Mm. You know, my wife's been at every game. That sometimes just for us to get out early. She goes, okay, give me the thing you just say, and I'll write it all down for you. You know, back in the old days <laughs> yeah, when you had to that's right. do a script sheet and all that. That's right. She would do all that for me. She was at every game. You know, my first ten years, we would invite my group over and cook them such a big meal. Mm. You know, but we would have that make it special. As a matter of fact, I did a clinic down in San Diego on Friday, and a bunch of the like we were talking about yes. that all the. The group of kids Love that are all coaching. Gridiron Ministries. Yeah, right? Gridiron yeah. Ministries. Love and, that name. And a new defensive coordinator, Scott Catlin, who I coached back in 85 and 86. Mm-hmm. Then he went on to play, got his law degree, you know, done nothing. So he just got named the defensive coordinator at Palomar College. Mm-hmm. So he was over there. And it was incredible to see all the guys, different years and stuff, just embrace his job that he got yeah. and all gave him something. And you can't let those kids do this to you. You better have this, you gotta have that. <laughs> You know, but but just to be able to see those kids, you know, just it just brings tears of joy into your mm. and your, into yourself. But my boys have all been a part of that. My wife's been a part of that. And what's cool when you don't see somebody for twenty plus years, thirty years. There was a couple of kids I haven't seen in thirty five years, and first thing they asked about was my oldest son, mm. and then they asked about my wife. And mm. coach, are you still bringing people over to you cooking them steaks and swordfish? Still, oh, yeah. <laughs> those days are over, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's all. Well, I was just going to ask, did your boys play football? Oh, actually, they did. Um, okay. Here's what's cool is, is, is um, they're, they were gifted musicians, too. Wow. So we okay. put them to the music thing. Mm-hmm. And um, we had them go into every sport. My oldest son played everything until his senior year, and he decided to just quit everything and focus on band. He got into the marching band, mm-hmm. and he was going to start two ways. Oh, no way. Wow. Okay, how did you deal with that, I Coach? Just, hey, I, when I, the, the coach called me and I says, um, I didn't make the decision he did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he's following his passion. He said mm-hmm. he'll never play football in college. He'll probably play music the rest of his life. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And so, I feel like it's important for yeah. dads to hear that, yeah, huh? Absolutely. Uh, you know, and just, then um, absolutely. my youngest son, same thing. You know, he, um, he was actually an incredible. He's an incredible athlete. My mm-hmm. youngest guy, you know, dunks basketballs, mm-hmm. the fastest in the in the city of Claremont. Yeah, you know, one of those kind of guys. Yes, the only you know, he got asked to be a varsity tryout his freshman year in three sports. So after freshman year of football, he decides he wants to golf and never golf in his life. Well, there you go. And he's not going to do soccer. Okay. Okay. Fine. Okay. And what about? Baseball, you're going, I'm not going to do baseball because winter. So, so you're going to do golf. 
So it turns out, you know, there's no freshman golf. I didn't know that. So there's only JV. And then you got to do a golf out to be which five get in it. Right. He ends up team. being one of the kids that does the whole thing, makes the whole yeah. deal, was the league champion, <laughs> ended up being an all-save golfer. So he just gonna, picked it up. Yeah, just so he's going to be the starting quarterback going into his junior year. Oh, so man. he takes the freshman team nine and one, the JV team like seven and three, and he's going to be their quarterback. Right. So the coaches told him to make a choice, and he was really upset. He came home and said, "Dad, I'm being forced to make a choice." Mm. I said, "So what are you going to do?" He goes, "Well, I don't plan on playing football." And we had every checked out about a week before that. They had a thing on the the spring football preview of the Pac-12. Yeah. Uh, Pac, was it Pac-10, right? Pac-10 back Pac-10. then, yeah, right. And every head coach, he goes, Dad, I know every one of those head coaches personally. <laughs> they know me personally. Wow. I, I know. Because, you know, I take them with me all the Yeah. Yes, yes. I take them with me, to, with, them, with me. Absolutely. So I get a call the next day. Coach, this is Coach Collins. This is this. This is that. Mm-hmm. This is this. I'm like, okay, what? Dude, he make a choice. Mm. He's gonna golf. Okay, and that's his choice. Good. Mm-hmm. I've given him. I go. He's no longer doing soccer or baseball. So those are those actually were the ones I wanted him to play. Mm-hmm. But that's what broke my heart. <laughs> right? So he, he made a choice, and what we did was support it. Good. But here's what was crazy: is um, I'm the defensive coordinator at Mount Sac, and we're in spring ball. This is 2002. And we're going to have probably number one or number two team in the nation coming back. Okay. And I'm sitting down watching TV. My wife and I are in our bedroom. We're watching TV. And he comes in and asks, go, Dad, can you coach me this year in football? Pop water. Okay. I says, oh, no, I can't. I'm in spring ball. Yeah. You know what I do. He goes, well, I just thought I'd ask you because, you know, you coach everybody. You've never coached me once and slammed the door. Mm-hmm. Right? Wow. I was like, oh, man. Yeah. So the next day I would go there, it ate me up. It, it did. It, yeah. it ate mm-hmm. me up. Oh yeah. And after practice, I went to Coach Fist's office. I said, Coach, I'm gonna, I'm gonna step down. I go, my, my son's. Um, I totally told me. I said, I know I get 20 hours here, and I do the physical instructor. You know, yeah. I'm the physical instructor for the fire academy. Yeah. Okay. So do I keep that job? He goes, Yeah, you keep that job, because he goes, You got a lot of things on your mind. Coach take Fisk. the rest of the spring off and, and, yeah. and get, get back with me. Good right? coach, yeah. And then I went and told him, I go, I'm going to do it. So I went and do it. I said, okay, I'm going to do it. So I go to, I just did the clinic for Upland Pop Water. Okay. You know, you certify the coaches. Yes. Mm-hmm. So if I take any of doing that. So I did the clinic for their, their deal. Then I went back. They go, coach, what do you need? I go, I need an application. I want to apply for a coach. I stepped down from Mount Sac. So I applied for the job. They called me back. Oh, man. They said I didn't qualify. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wait a minute, but that, I'm coaching. I'm like right. teaching your coaches. Yes. <laughs> I just certified them. Oh, it's But great. I didn't qualify. Oh, that's so So they funny. put my thing, you know, when they read it, yeah. they looked at mine and not knowing who, you don't qualify, you've never been a head coach anywhere. Oh, my goodness gracious. So I wasn't a head coach. So I was all upset. Wow, yeah. So I left and I went to San Dimas. And what, how old was your son then? Uh, he was... Uh, 13 years 13. old. 13, okay, okay. So right. he was probably at the top level of whatever youth. Yeah, going to be midget football. Yes, right. So I take, I go to over there, and, and then they go, hey, coach, how are you doing? Because I did them. I go, hey, can I get a coaching job? They thought I was joking. <laughs> really? How old your son? I want to sign him up, right? I go, I want a coach. They right away go out on the field. They bring the, 
yeah, you can be on our staff. Yeah. <laughs> so I coach with him. Now the guy's one of my best friends. He's a lawyer. Now oh, he's my lawyer. Oh, oh how funny. Man. Is that crazy? Oh, oh, yeah. But I, I, wasn't, I wasn't qualified to be a head coach. Oh, that's so funny. Oh, man. Is that crazy? That yes. is a little crazy. Maybe that's why they got rid of me, yeah. too, at, at Claremont, because I still <laughs> not qualified to be a head coach. We went back to that resume. It was an hey, unqualified. You know, I wasn't qualified to be a head coach, but the number one public school in the nation asked me to consult the coaches. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> I highly doubt that. I think you were very well so, <laughs> qualified. Yes. No, so that's it. Awesome. awesome. I think wow. my family, we support each other so much. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's one of the attributes of a successful coaching family? Because well, that was going to be my next question was, you know, what are the three attributes that you would think um, well, to, make a good and successful coaching family? I, I, or coaching marriage, I guess. Yeah. Say. I, yeah. I really think at a, at a young age, if you don't put your relationship ab- above your coaching, you're going to lose your relationship. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So um, yeah. I loved coaching and I loved my wife. Well, I loved my girlfriend at the time. You know, we mm-hmm. weren't married that first year of coaching. So I felt the, the importance was to include her into what I was doing. And it was easy because there were a lot of her friends uh, were around because we were young. Mm-hmm. I was young. I was, you know. 22 years old yeah and um i was bringing her around you know coaches um events you know she got to meet she was like the baby we were like the babies of the staff Mm -hmm. yeah you know the coaches i was around i was like the youngest guy Mm -hmm. and then i and i brought the youngest girl (laughs) she's three years younger than me yeah you know Mm -hmm. so um i think for me it was um I wasn't going to go further unless she was involved in everything mm-hmm. I was doing. Mm-hmm. And um, she liked it. You know, she, she gravitated to it. And, you know, we knew where she was going to be, where she was going to be sitting. And the players, she gravitated to them. She was mm-hmm. like their, you know, they loved her. Mm-hmm. And she ended up being that, that coach's wife that was all the parents gravitated. I mean, mm-hmm. all the players gravitated mm-hmm. to it. That were mm-hmm. my parents. I mean, my players. Yeah. yeah. So I thought that that was important. What did, can I ask? Yes. What What do you think uh, made them gravitate towards her? Was it maybe she just was very uh, social or what do you think? She had their best interests in mind. Love it. Mm-hmm. So what, what she did is she just didn't cook for them. Mm-hmm. She, um, mm-hmm. she uh, asked them, you know, I just talked to a kid, um, Will Tate. Coached him back in 1988. I talked to him last week because he's going to – I asked him to be my business mentor mm. because okay. I told him, I go, all of my business people that I think are old, I go, and this is the new era, and you're younger, and you're very successful in what you're doing. And he's like a millionaire guy. He went to San Diego State, yeah. played for the Arizona Cardinals. Okay. And I says, I need you to be my mentor. Mm. Sit in with some big meetings, hear what I'm going to do, mm-hmm. da, da, da. But when I reconnected with him – his first thing was, oh, my God, Coach, you're the first guy that ever invited me to the house and cook a steak and a, and a, a shark. He goes, I ate a shark. <laughs> and I'm like, and he goes, man, your wife, da-da-da, man. And oh. that's all they could. Mm. How's yeah. your wife? You know, when I did the thing, was, how's Robin? Yeah. How's Robin doing? Because they, mm-hmm. they all know Robin. Mm-hmm. Awesome. You know, and really, culturally, I, I, I'm, I'm raised with a, in a community that, your support program is your family. Mm-hmm. You know, it, yeah. it wasn't a white community. It was all, it was all, it was, we had a club, we called it the Breeds of National City, the Breeds of NC. It, it, it was like 
the United Nations. Mm. Yeah. That was so diverse. Yeah. You know, and everywhere you, we, we grew up, you went, everybody was was auntie or gra- everybody's grandma was grandma. Everybody's auntie was auntie. Yes. You know, and, it was and a true village. Thing, and a mm-hmm. true village. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, I think it was, it was easy for... Because she, she went to the same high school, she was part of that whole environment. So mm-hmm. it was easy to gravitate. Mm-hmm. It was easy for the kids to, oh, you know, that's Robin. And then her, everyone knows that she was that one that was very smart, mm-hmm. you know, and always asked the kids about, regardless if she was just three years older than them, you know, how are you doing your classes? How are you doing homework? Boom! Congratulations on your, you know, college scholarship and boom, 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 boom. So mm-hmm. she was invested. I mean, she was all in. All in. As much as you were with the X and O, she was all in. On the personal side of things, always talking with them and not just, you know, like you said, not just a meal ticket, but it was like, you're in my, you're part of our family now. Oh, and, 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 and that, foot, her football IQ great. is off the chart. Wow. You know, like, she's like, oh man, your safeties can't make a play. To the <laughs> like, then then she's she got a long run. You got a guy just never came up to fit. I, I, she's speaking that language, that, that bilingualism. She that, speaks you know, like yeah. that, you know, I'm like, She's been you know, blessed with tongues. Then the bottom line is, out of everything, I thought your guys played well. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's what that's, you know, awesome. that's what those guys like. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Like I, yeah. I told you, I have that guy right now that was went up to Europe and all that. So yes. he's here. So he's yes. my synergistic manager. Okay. So when he first came came back, the first thing when he walked into the house, my wife goes, Michael. You look the same. <laughs> and we went to the back. He goes, I didn't even know she remembered me. Boy, I, was I was like, whoa. Yeah. Right? That's yeah. great. I call her Mrs. Coach. Yes. Mrs. Coach. Like That's a good, good nickname. So, yeah. Pretty cool. Wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful. That's well, Coach, you got you have, and this is something I mentioned right off the bat, and, and this was just very impressive, but you have had 71 athletes that have gone on to be coaches themselves. And... So what's one thing that you have imparted on them, um, maybe not so much as players, but as coaches, uh, that they didn't know as players? Does that make sense? So what, what, when you talk to them now when they're coaches, uh, what's one thing you give them? What's one pearl of wisdom that you want to give them so that they can be successful? Is to know things? who your players are. Mm-hmm. Not what they can do, but know who they are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's the most important thing because when they recognize that you're vested in them and if I'm just a position coach, I got to recognize I'm a position coach. So if I've got eight players as linebackers, I got to know the red button to push on each one of those players. Mm -hmm. Then I also got to know exactly what's their passion Mm -hmm. because as soon as they start to lose interest, I got to talk about their passion and bring that back up. Then I also got. I also have to know what's their long-term goal because if I'm coaching them, it's not just to make a tackle on a Friday night. It's for them to make sure those steps, those harmonic steps, are right where they need to be to make sure that they can embrace all those steps to reach mm-hmm. that distant goal and not lose focus of it. Mm-hmm. Once you can be that, then they will do anything for you. Mm-hmm. You know, when I was at at Mount Sac, one of the things I wanted to, to really know was every one of my linebackers, what class were they in? Mm. So when you told me you were at class, I know you weren't mm. because I had a relationship with your professor because I had everybody's syllabus. Mm. Mm. So for me to get you out of a JC, you did something 
that you didn't do in JC, in high school to get to that JC. Mm. So what I termed was, it's not about hanging out, it's about getting out. Mm-hmm. And I've got to create templates to get you out. Mm. And I've got to create templates to make sure your mindset now is not the mindset that got you here, but it's mm-hmm. going to be the mindset to get you out. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. So when you call them on it, you call them on it. Yeah. You know, one of the things was when I was at Mount Sac, is like our first summer practice, I would have 30-something linebackers. Mm-hmm. And I knew I would be down to 16. And they would say, how do you know you're going to be down to 16? I go, because there's probably half of those kids I I would trust to let them know where I live. Mm. So to play for me, you got to be able to at least know, you got to be trustable and know that, hey, when I'm going to invite you to my house, you're not going to be a guy that's going to come here and do something bad. Yeah. So those are the guys that that when I'm talking to a coach and I say, coach, is is he, how would he be at our uh, at our college, how would he be representing our community? Right. Well, you know what? I'll invite him into my home, mm. and he'll treat your community the way he treats my home. And when you tell somebody that, it's pretty big. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I look at that and getting involved in that. Then you got to take yourself a step higher, and a step higher is as a defensive coordinator. I expect to know everything. So I expect Chris, if you're one of my DB coaches, then you have to have that for me too mm-hmm. and then I'm not going to gather it you're going to gather it you're going to gather as a D-line coach but I'm going to have that in a file at my possession when I turn around and walk in with the D-line guys and going you know I just got a call about Chris and John didn't go to class and when they came in mm. they, they turned in a plagiarized paper mm. well how was school today guys oh great da, da, da. it was huh we're all heading up to the hill or something. Let's go. What's going on? Well, you guys are going to say set go for 20 hill reps yep. for lying to me, number one, and da-da-da-da. And then after that, you're going to go and tell Coach Fist that you lied to me because I haven't told him about it, so I'd rather have you guys tell him about it. Mm-hmm. And then also let him know that I'm not starting you guys or playing you guys this week. And I know both of you guys are starters and All-Americans, but you're not going to play. Mm-hmm. Boom. Mm-hmm. And if you do that, the rest of them is going to give you that respect. Coach, that's a, those are tough decisions, and a lot of coaches coming up, probably would go the other way uh, either sweep under the rug or try to manipulate it so it's not as bad as what they think is it is what and so when you're coaching these young coaches and a lot of these guys you've obviously had a huge impact on do they knew they knew that about you as players so now when they become coaches do you do you sense that they would be saying the same language and, and that they would say the same things they would they would act like okay what would you know kind of like what would coach coco do in this situation yeah you know? That's a good question because it was it was brought up. One of the kids brought up. I'm not even a kid. He's a coach. He's 53 yeah. years old. So uh, one one of the kid coaches. Yeah. <laughs> one of the kid coaches brought up and he says, "Coach, because I, I was talking about um, every game and pregame and defensive meeting, they all got to come in and turn in their uh, scouting report. Mm-hmm. That's their ticket to get into my meeting. Mm-hmm. And um, if you don't have it, you go up there and take your clothes off. I don't care who it is." Mm-hmm. You're not going to play. Coach mm-hmm. Fiston came down one time, so I got to let him play. Mm-hmm. I said, you want him on the field? He goes, yeah, then I'll be upstairs. Mm-hmm. I go, then I wasn't going to be on the field with him. I'll be upstairs. Yeah. And he goes, Chris, go take your mm-hmm. go take your gear off. You're going to be on the sideline this mm-hmm. week. Mm-hmm. But you got to hold that true. But one of them yeah. says, and I did that as a young kid, 23 years old. My little brother was a senior. Senior is senior year. Mm-hmm. Now, here's a two-time All-State defensive back. Okay. And... um. 
beast, you know, went on to play D- Division One football, corner, and he gave me a dirty look, homecoming week. Mm. Then he's like, well, what are you going to do? Not a problem. Mm. I went in and I said, Coach, I'm not starting Rolando this week, my brother. This is on going into going like a Thursday practice, you know, your walkthrough. Yes, yes. I go, I'm not going to start him because it's homecoming. He goes, what happened? And Dave Tipton was the defensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. And um, just finished with the San Diego Chargers. And right. He was a Stanford for Stanford man. guy, yep. you know. Yep. So he's my one of my mentors. Okay. I mean, he's the guy that got me into the coaching clinic circuit at 22 years old. Okay. Right? And he's like, well, you got to play. He got to play. <laughs> and Gene was like, well, what did he do? I go, he gave me a dirty look. That ain't worthy of taking anybody. <laughs> <laughs> and on know it, Alem says, um, is that kind of look that if you did at your house, you go to slap them all around? He goes, yeah, he, goes he ain't playing this game. Mm. He goes, I know wow. what that is. Mm. All right, so... Went out there, starters, blah, 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 blah. Tough call. His name wasn't called. No. And right. we used to do that thing. And starting at left corner. Yes. And everybody goes. Roll call. <laughs> Roll on <laughs> And starting at the <laughs> Fred Miles. <laughs> wow. You got, got to think. They had an article about us at Sweetwater High School. Mm. Harin is a football tradition. Mm. Wow. You know, my brother, I'm the D corner. Mm-hmm. My mom's yes. the Booster Club. My other mm-hmm. brothers were all DBs. Yes. You know, their cousins are all that, but da da da. Yes. Man. What do you mean he's not signing? My brothers, what the hell are you mm-hmm. doing? Da da da. Mm-hmm. Not a problem. So, second half, your first play, he goes in the second half. First play, they, they throw him a post for a touchdown. Then it, he returns a punt for a touchdown. <laughs> Gets a pick for a touchdown. Oh, man. All on homecoming night. Gets for the cycle right there. There we go. <laughs> That's what he did. But what a tough but, call. But, that well, should but have, when that you could do that as a young 23-year-old coach. Yes. Yes. Then those young kids, they, they're old. So stand I, I tell the guys, this is what I tell everybody. And if you think I won't bench you, I tell them that story. That's my little mm-hmm. brother. Man. So mm-hmm. you think I won't do it to you? That's blood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Come on. So there it is. Man. Man, so I took those steps early, Coach. Love it. Yeah, absolutely. Early reps. Absolutely. Yeah. You yeah. separate yourself. You weren't their friend. You were their coach in that mm-hmm. way, and especially your brother. You weren't brothers. You were coach. I mean, that yeah. had to be man. That had to be one of the hardest decisions you've had to make in your career. And my brother's a beast. I mean, yeah. Even you know his whole family. His son went to UCLA. I mean, all CIF kid too. Oh but man, you made it. Made that call. Probably never told a son that if they hear the podcast. Yeah. You gave up the book with dirty <laughs> Right? Yes, sir. Well, Coach, let's get into, uh, boy, what's brought you here today and, and what you're doing today. And, and you're giving back to the, com- the coaching community. You're giving back to the sport you fell in love with so many years ago. And now you're taking it to a whole other level. And this Take a Knee Foundation, or Take a Knee Organization, I should say. Um, let's go into that a little bit. Tell us a little bit. Of of the origin, how that got started, and then where you're at, and the vision, and let's just let's go through the whole thing right here. You know, it was um, like January of 1999, mm-hmm. and um, I called my cousin, and I, and he was working with Intel Pentium, and I says I want to create a website, and I want to put stuff in there to coach coaches, mm-hmm. you know, for coaches can go there and, and see just stuff that I do. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to share at that point. 
And I was speaking at a lot of clinics prior to that, you know, everywhere. So I figured I had some knowledge that I want to share with people. Sure. So when I got them together, I'll never forget, we're in downtown L.A. It was raining on a January night, about 2 in the morning, just him and I. And he goes, well, how do you guys, we're trying to figure out a name. We already, he already says, here's what we can do, you know, computer mm-hmm. guy. And I, I knew none of it. Yeah. And all I know is I got football, that I, <laughs> that's all I had. So I says, um, he goes, how do you get attention? Something's going wrong. We, we got we to figure out a name. You know, how do you get coaches that want to learn stuff? How about your players are all messing up? I go, the head coach blows the whistle three times. Yeah. He gets them here and goes, hey, what in here? Take a knee. He goes, okay. Take a knee.com. You want that one? <laughs> there <laughs> was, you go. That's how we got the name. It was that easy. It was that open. And that quick. Yeah. And we Man. got take a knee.com. There you go. It was $14. Awesome. Awesome. 14 bucks for take a knee.com. Wow. So we became yeah. take a knee.com. Mm-hmm. There you go. And, um, about for 18 years now, I've been saying TAC time all the time, T-A-K mm-hmm. time all the time. So that's truly accepting knowledge. You bet. Mm-hmm. So as long as you're talking to somebody, that's a TAC time, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You're accepting knowledge. This is TAC time right here, Coach. So it is. That's so right. we are having a TAC session, and, and we are truly accepting each other's knowledge. <laughs> yes, sir. <clears throat> so that's how we came up with the name. And then from there, we had a huge clinic, and we started. I started doing in-house seminars. And the next thing I know, people were... Because I spoke at the clinics. I, I was part of, because of Dave Tipton and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, I was, uh, when I first started coaching at 21, 22 years old with them, they told me, let's, they picked me up, Gene Alem, Bob West, and Dave Tipton. I want them to hear this. They're a lot older than yeah. me. Okay? Um, but back then, I was a kid, and they were a young man, right? Yes, yeah, sir. They were a young man, but, yeah. but they're a lot older than me now. Anyways, um, they picked me up, and they go, we're going to pick you up. And I go, where are we going? They're going, we're going to a clinic. It's pretty awesome, right? My first mm-hmm. clinic ever. Mm-hmm. So I thought one of them had like a, a sexual disease or something. <laughs> <laughs> a clinic. A clinic. Yeah, we're going to get a that, shot. <laughs> that's how naive I was, right? I thought you only learned football from watching it on TV or, you know, you've got to go to your old high school coach because he's the only guy who knew football. That's right? Yeah. I didn't know everybody knew football. The doctor. Right? Right. So I was like, wow, clinic. So I went to a clinic. So my very first clinic was in a, in a conference office of a Bank of America. And um, Bill Williams used to have the yes. biggest clinic. Bill yes. Williams has a clinic. No, no Coach Williams. And I'm listening to Ernie Zampezi speak. Ernie Zampezi, you know, he was the offensive yes. coordinator for the Chargers and the, wow. considered one of the best defensive gurus of college football. Right. So I'm going, wow, that's Ernie Zampezi. You mm-hmm. know, like only eight of us. And uh, Bill Williams speaking, the very first thing was funny. Was uh, He goes, the clinic was on scouting, right? Uh-huh. He goes, for so, we high school coaches, remember this, the most important thing about scouting a football game is recognize and know where the address and where the football game is. Because how many times you go get all your beer, your chips, your drinks, and you're sitting in the parking lot and go, man, nobody's ready here. And then you go and you've got to go to the, for, the end of the first quarter. You know where the address is. And yeah. I'm like, uh, that was awesome. Know yeah. Know where the address is, right? So that was from, a pearl right there. Yeah, so from there, it was just That's going awesome. to clinics. Yes. But then I went to a big clinic. I went with Dave Tipton to the L.A. Rams had a clinic, and that's where I got to meet Jackie Slater, John Robinson, mm-hmm. but because of him. Mm-hmm. But I'm walking by, and I go, oh, that's so-and-so. Yeah. Oh, wow. Right, yeah. you get to see these people, and I'm like, yes. wow. Three weeks later, I'm speaking at a clinic because, you know, I'm doing on an open thing, 
You're like, hey, Coco, get up there. Show them, show them how we do that. Wow. Gene Murphy from Cal State Fullerton. Mm-hmm. He goes, like, man, I like that stuff. Want to come and speak at my clinic? Yeah. Then I started speaking clinics. Then I started doing clinics with Willie Shaw. Mm. You know, uh, David Shaw's uh, dad. Yes. So wow. him and I, so we did clinics. And then I was just going around. I did a clinic one time where I, I got to this thing and we watched a couple people in the morning, me and this guy we met. And where are you going? I'm going to this one. I'm going to that one. So then we went to this next one. We're sitting down and they're introducing. And... You know, they just won the uh, state title. They had the number one defense. Da, da, da. You know, they went nine and I mean, thirteen oh nine shutouts. Gave up twenty seven points. Yeah, bang, 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 bang. We want to introduce uh, Coach Coco Arena. I got up and he goes, <laughs> well, "You're you're the guy I came to see. Yeah. I've been with you all day." <laughs> he didn't know it was me because he thought he was gonna come gonna see a. Uh, an older guy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> hey, let's my go goodness. with Jack in the bus. Forget this food. Right? I'll drive. <laughs> what do you coach? I coach Great. a little DDs. Oh, that's awesome, man. What do you run on? Uh, we're basic zone kind of guys. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Clinic, done. Let's go eat. <laughs> you know, and then, he, then they called me up. Man. You got to see my clinic. And you're like, wow. That's outstanding. Right? Yeah. So it's been it's been pretty cool because that that's where it started. And then, you know, I was still rugged, still doing stuff. And then get away from everything and they're like, Coco, what are you doing? Well, I went to, this weekend I was up at Stanford and mm-hmm. I was over here, you know. It's, it's been a blessing. I mean, football's been really good for me because um, it's created, it's created who I am, mm-hmm. you know, and um, I, I don't mind being that guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I, uh, you know, at one time I, I thought I was really, like, I, I thought, I thought my stuff was real good mm-hmm. and that was the wrong thought and then I got sick. Mm-hmm. You know, when I got sick, I, I asked the Lord to just, you know, don't, 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 don't take my life. Like my, my brothers died of cancer. My parents, my brother-in-law, sister-in-law, 29 of my family members are, had cancer, mm. you know, and, and then I got afflicted with it. And all I, all I thought about was just, it's not going to win. Mm. It's not going to win. Mm-hmm. And, and I was bitter because I didn't, wasn't getting picked up at a higher place to coach. Mm. I thought I earned that. But I was approaching everything wrong. Mm. And I remember going into my backyard and, and just looking up in the sky and saying, Lord, just don't let cancer win in this house, and I'll do anything you need me to do. Mm. How old were you, Coach? I was, um, I think I might have been 19, 11, wait, 06. Okay. So 06. How old am I in 06? I'm 47 years old. Wow. Right? Man. So I'm 47 okay. years Very old. Very young. Yep. And um, yep. like I said, my family members all, you know, been, mm-hmm. they all die of it. Yeah. So um, I just said, not me. And then. Hmm. Coach, I can I ask what you got diagnosed with? With uh, prostate cancer. Okay. Yeah. And then I then I just recognized, you know what? It's not going to win. And then. I remember after I got out of the hospital, they said I was at Pasadena, and like you can't go nowhere for four days. You got to be, you know, da da da. But I couldn't do that. You know, I just had to. Mm. I told my wife, I just just take me to the to the school. I just want to get mm. away, you know. Yeah. So I went back up there, and then I, I remember I was up in the booth because they didn't want me on the field, so they had the air conditioning up in the booth and everything for me. They, you know, they're practicing, and yeah. my wife was like, hey, "I'll be back in an hour. I'm gonna go da da da." When she came back, I was on the field. Yeah, yeah running right. around. 
hollering, screaming, <laughs> moving, and grooving, doing, baby. Do, doing my thing, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm not even joking. I, I went home, and I thanked the Lord for just giving me football in my life, and I didn't care where it was. Yes, sir. As long mm-hmm. as I could dress the way I could dress, as long as I could go out there and have a relationship with mm-hmm. those kids on the field. Yeah. It, it, it doesn't matter anything. So he's provided football for me in my life everywhere. And, I, and all I do now is is I really now recognize that I'm coaching football because I gotta I have to be a GPS for kids' lives. Mm-hmm. And um, I was so concerned about me elevating and doing all that, I forgot to give him all the praises of, of everything that happened for me. Mm-hmm. So because of that, I, I fell to my knees outside and, and I, I recognized that... Um, that that I I'm I'm just fulfilling what's been written. Yes, sir. You know, I, so I truly believe there's been a blueprint of my life, and today this was just the page that we turned, and we're making it happen because mm-hmm. it's there. Mm-hmm. And whoever falls in my life falls in my life. I I, I don't recruit kids to um, to train because I never thought about training kids. My thing is to to coach coaches. That way, mm-hmm. coaches do the right thing for the kids. Yeah. to get involved with, with parents. That way I can help the parents with the process, making sure they don't, mm-hmm. the kids don't take a wrong class or something. Yes. yes. And then maybe they're going to say this. So I've been blessed now to train kids every every day. If I needed to, I say no. Mm-hmm. But they seek me out mm-hmm. and um, because they're getting guided to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so my, my whole thing is... is, is um, I, I can't rent a U-Haul and, and take what I take. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know I gotta. It's it's here to it's here to give. It's here to share. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. You know, and, and you're doing that with the coaches right now. Yeah, and that's that's incredible. You so. know, and, and and he says he says uh, uh, if they don't want it, and just brush your feet and move on. Right. To me, I I try to treat everything as if I'm a waiter. You want some coffee? No, I'm not going to be upset. But I'm going to go to everybody, and ask them if they want coffee. And on my way back. You know, to the to the front to go. I'm gonna ask you, you want coffee? And you said, you know, I'm ready now. Mm. So when you're ready now, then then we're ready. And yes, that has nothing to do with your timing. I just believe, I truly believe too, because when my brother passed away, and I went to, and he was a deacon in church in Georgia, so I went to a service. I was there when he passed away. Mm. But the deacon says something that was incredible. He says, when when the Lord came to take L, he wasn't a second late or a second early. Because he's on time and everything he does. Mm. So since then, mm-hmm. I just recognize that I'm Love just gonna that. let life unfold. Mm-hmm. Love it, and then react to it afterwards. Mm. Love oh, it. I'm getting emotional. And, that, and I know that is and that wonderful. Well, I think it's just such a healthy perspective to have because I think a lot of coaches lack that. They are in it for a championship and for a ring, and they miss the opportunities of the kids that are in front of them. You know the kids and what they're going through, and um, that's such that's such a neat perspective to have. And that how the Lord kind of got a hold of you, and kind of shifted your thinking. Awesome. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. Just- Coach, talk about a little bit. You've you've mentioned uh, before the show just some things that are coming up. Explain some of that vision for the future for Take a Knee. You've already, I mean, you got a, a dynamic website that's already up and running, yes. and we're gonna get people there. Um, but but talk a little bit more about uh, not not just kind of the, not just the website. The website's the platform for the clinics and and for the kids and all of that. But what do you see as taking the ten years, twenty years down the road? Where do you see this thing going? 
Well, I really, I really see, um, I, I see taking eight, 10 years down the road, um, ran by my sons. Mm-hmm. I, I see taking E right now down the road, ran by the young, excited entrepreneurs that are part of the group right now. Mm-hmm. And 20 years from now, I see their kids running it. So what we're, what we're truly providing is nothing for us, but something for everyone. Mm-hmm. Because what we have is what we have, and we have it in the back pocket, so we just got to share it. Yeah, and, and it's gonna. It, I think it, not even think. I, I know it'll be a platform because when when you use it, you know. I like to say that you're standing on it as a platform. Close your eyes and see a canvas that's completely dark. Mm-hmm. But as soon as you grab that first possibility, it turns out to be your first light. Mm-hmm. So you create your own universe of stars. Mm-hmm. And take a knee as a platform for you to reach every possibility in the world that you can get. And we'll be there to help you support that. Yeah. But it has to, you know, it has to, we have to embrace it. We has to be a part of us where we'll live it. And it's something that's so awesome that we want to share it. ELS. You know, it's, it's our yeah. ELS program. Yes. And then everything that we do with the kids, three things have to come into play. There has to be the T3 concept that a program provides for the kids. So, like, for instance, when we do a drill, our concept is a T3. So that drill, first phase of, of the rep of that drill is we talk about the transitions of school. Mm-hmm. So they know when that first drill is coming on, that first rep, that, that whole group, that we're talking about first. So everybody's first rep, we're talking about first period, second period, communication, bilingualism, mm-hmm. the keys to drive those, those things. What's important is what's written on the chalkboard or the grease board. So write it down on your paper because if they thought it was important to write it, you write it down. Very good. You know, so how do you transition and get your mindset ready? Mm-hmm. So when, when we talk about that, and the second thing is school's over. Are you the one that's just going to walk by the lady that's carrying two bags? Or are mm-hmm. you going to help her? What's your character in the community? Because your character in the community is going to overexceed everything that you're going to do. Mm-hmm. So I like to see exactly what they're doing in the community. And the third rep is, okay, now this rep right here, it means exactly you're playing your position, the ball snap. It's going to get you to the football. Your name's going to get called. Mm. So when I say your name's called, I use it like 20 to 30 to 40 times if I can, a workout. Because if they recognize those steps, their name's getting called because they're doing all the things they need to do in school. Mm. That means their education is completely on point. It's yeah. soigné. Yeah. And then the next thing they're doing is they're doing exactly what they need to do in the community to be able to represent their family that high into a college or a university that they're going to be at. And that's exactly what that university is looking for, someone that's going to be able to give back to the community. And third and most importantly, if they do everything that we ask them to do within that drill, their name will be called, and then people are going to want them because now when they want to know who is Coach Chris Stevens, he's that guy that's been getting his name called because he gets A's all the time. He's that guy that has all these community support programs he's with. Mm-hmm. And then he's also the guy that's making all the tackles there and his go. name called at night. Mm-hmm. But Love the most it. important thing, what I want the kids to recognize is your name will never be called unless it's called in a classroom. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. And your name, nobody will ever want you unless a community person writes a letter about your character. And here it is. Mm-hmm. So I tell that to the parents from the very get and when I work out with them. Mm-hmm. Here's what's really cool. When I get new kids to come in and work out with me, I do a vision test with them. Mm. And we all stand there. And what I do is we look at the furthest thing that we can see. 
and they get to see it, and I want them to see it. So I get a new guy coming there, and everybody already knows the drill, so they're going to know Yeah, it. yeah. So he goes, he goes, <laughs> you know, I see that tree way up in that mountains over there, <laughs> and under that tree, there might be some wires. And I goes, that's all you see? He goes, Well, that, yeah, with clouds. There's clouds yeah. behind that. <laughs> clouds behind the tree, coach. Clouds. Clouds. I go, okay. So I work out with college students, seniors, juniors, sophomores, ninth graders, and I only get two 12-year-olds. I always get a two 12-year-olds. That way they can see how the other kids work out. Mm-hmm. And they got to be beast 12-year-olds. Right. Right? So I get one kid. He's part of that duck program. Yep, yep. So I've been training him, right? IE Ducks, So yep. he gets up there, and he's going to get a scholarship. He, yeah. You, know, you just know it. Yeah. I've I got 15 kids. 11 of them all get scholarships. Yes. Six of them already got them. Yes. Right? And he gets up. I go, okay, Mr. King Moore, what do you see? So I got a JC guy at Mount Sac, right, all league, right, <laughs> hoping to get a scholarship. <laughs> <laughs> I see the tree. <laughs> Little King goes, well, because we just finished our practice today, I really do see myself walking on the field my first day of practice at Oregon, the University of Oregon with the Ducks. And today's the first, is one of the steps that I completed to embrace that. That's what, that's what I see, Coach. Oh, my goodness. Uh, and he goes, light bulb. <laughs> I said, Nate, what do you see? He goes, well, I see myself. I already finished with football coach on my first day as a law enforcement officer with my criminal justice degree in my pocket. There you That's go. That's what I see. Outstanding. Mm-hmm. And I go, hey, 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 you want? He goes, coach, want me to tell you what I see? Yeah. I go, no, you tell me what you see next week. Right? <laughs> so check this out. I called him two days later. I go, I want you to do me a favor. I want to know what, what, what do you see now? Yeah. He goes, can I do it in front of the guys? <laughs> no. No. You missed it. But missed it's it. all about the mindset. And, and if yeah. you can create the mindset right, then you can be right. Love it. And, and the kids know it. Yes, sir. So the important thing for me is how do we relay the important steps? It's education. It's community work. And football should be last or their, or their passion last because that's what they do good. Right. Like the girls. They dance. They, yes. they love it. Love so. It. They gotta have their education right, right? They gotta have their community right, which which you guys are right. Mm-hmm. Then they can go dance. Mm-hmm. Right. Then yeah. you can go dance and then you, then you get it. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. But yeah. when you start like my granddaughter, she's got a thing when she comes in, we put her what she did good in, in her class. Well, what did you do good? So I'll go there. Mm. Right? And I'll ask your mom if you did anything bad and we'll put it up there too. <laughs> but you know, as soon as she recognized that, man, it's even good at Papa and Grandma's house, then her name's getting called. Yeah. And that becomes what infectious. Mm-hmm. It becomes a habit. Absolutely mm-hmm. right. Absolutely. So I always say T three. I always want to run three drills, and then I I do the fourth drill just so that we get a stamp that it's embedded in us. And now let's move on to the next drill. So that's what we do in every phase of what I do. That's what we do. Wonderful. I love that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Keeps it simple. And the kids know it. The kids know what mm-hmm. to expect. Yeah, and, and they expect it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They awesome. Expect it. Coach, where can we find you? Let's get it. Let's get it out there. We'll make sure we get it on the website. Anybody that wants to to look up uh, Coach Coco Harin, take a knee. Where can we find you, Coach? Well, you can look up um, takeaknee.com, okay. all one word. Mm-hmm. We're right there. You can look at us up, up on Instagram. That's um, 
That's Coach Coco Harin. You can look it up on um, Twitter. And I believe that's Taken E. Coco. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, I believe that's Taken E. Coco. I believe you're right. Yes. But we'll really, fi- we'll I, find I, really it. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know too much of none of those. Yeah. You know, I'm that 60, We'll find it. We'll get it up there. I'm that 61. You can find me on social media. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then um, we do have a YouTube, too. Yes. This yes. is taking a YouTube. Where we're at today, I would have never, ever thought we would have been here today. And the whole reason we're here today is because of the COVID. Mm-hmm. It got us to change our mindset. Mm-hmm. And embrace a new goal, but and, and one of the things my wife says, I, I asked her, "What do you think? What what should I do?" She says, "How about doing everything that you tell your coaches to do?" Mm-hmm. She says, "Look at your quotes that you give somebody for this week and that week." And she says, "How about reading your own stuff and see if it works?" <laughs> and I started to read my stuff, and I was like, and it started to change me. Where I was going. No wonder all these guys are going, Coach, you're awesome. You did this, you did that, that. I'm looking at that. I going, love that. I'm no longer that guy. Yeah. <laughs> I used to give this quota every fourth, fifth week because at that point, everybody knows who's a starter and who's not. Sure. Some people want to quit because they don't like their role. Sure. But I give this quote that says, when one truly recognizes their value, they truly embrace the value they bring. But it's when their value is embraced when they recognize the value that they have. Mm. That's when you want to be a part of a group, right? Go. Yeah. So I, I had a look at that thing during, awesome. the, during the COVID time and went, love it. wow, this is the value I have and it's been embraced. I love that. So I started to just, I went, and I told myself, I'm going to do 10 weeks of re- uh, reading my, my 10 stuff. W- my, first, <laughs> my first quote, second quote, and it guided me. It turned awesome. out to be a GPS. And I was like, wow. my stuff really does work. Yeah. There you go. So that yeah. was pretty cool. That was a confirmation. <laughs> That's awesome. Yes, sir. So yes, sir. when you ask where we're going to be or, or, or what we're going to, I say sky's the limit because mm-hmm. um, the more people use the platform of Take and Eat with the values, with the core values that we, we want to present, mm-hmm. then they are going to elevate immensely. Mm-hmm. And whoever elevates immensely, we just walk the ladder with them. Sure. And, and it elevates taking aim. So as as people, as we get to see people uh, embracing their passion, right, and and really um, taking the steps towards the possibility that they just grabbed, mm-hmm. it, it's truly what taking aim turns out to be. Awesome, you know, at, at the end of it, that's what we realize after 21 years. Is that's who we are. Mm. Yeah, love it. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. Coach Coco. It's been a blessing, man. Thank you. Yeah, thank you thank so you. much mm-hmm. for coming. Oh, no. Thank it's you guys. Our relationship, I mean, everything that, that you've just meant to me so much in these last couple years. And uh, I just, I appreciate uh, everything that you represent, everything that you're doing. Um, so coaches out there, go to takeaneed.com, man. Look up Coach Coco and, um, and, and get involved either by viewing or just by reaching out. And uh, you can't go wrong. Coach. Thank you, brother. Oh, thank thank you you guys very Mm -hmm. much. That was awesome. All right.